Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Hey, traders, this is Casey Stubbs, and today I'm here with Jeff Bishop, the CEO of Raging Bull. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. How are you doing today? Thanks, Casey. Ah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's Friday. Uh, had a good week, and so <laughs> short week because of Labor Day, but uh, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. So, uh, Jeff, I like these short weeks. They're better. You know what? They are. They really are. <laughs> there was a time as a trader I hated it because I wanted to trade all the time. I hated having that Monday off, but now I'm like, I like having a short week. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So do you trade every single day? Pretty much. I'm in the markets every day. I, I do a lot of swing trading now, so I'll be trading for a few days or weeks at a time. So there might be days I don't make a trade, but I'm in the market every day for sure. We're always looking at stuff and looking at setups and uh, we teach stock market education, so I've got services where I teach. So I'm always teaching about that and looking at the markets all the time. Right. So even if you're not trading, you're teaching, you're educating. Do you do like a live uh, environment or you videos or newsletters? Like how do you deliver your Yeah, I do both. Uh, our company's got multiple live streaming chat rooms where people are doing uh, live trading during the day, maybe for day traders or education. Um, I've got, you know, I show up and, and do live sessions two or three times a week. And then I've got daily emails that go out to my members. So I'm talking about uh, market conditions and talking about my real trades as I'm doing them during the week. So it's it's really active. We have a lot of stuff going on all the time. So Jeff, how did you get started in trading and how long have you been doing this? I've been trading about 20 years or probably more than that now. Uh, I got started at during the first dot-com bubble. So we're near the we're in the next dot-com bubble now, but the first one, the big one back in uh, 2000, that's when I first got started. I was just getting into college. Um, I was in college already, but I was I started junior college for the first couple of years. wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And uh, I got into, I, I started business school. I went to UT, University of Texas. And then uh, I was really interested in the trading space. I didn't, there was not online education yet. This is like 1999 or so. So there was very early in the internet days and there wasn't online education. There wasn't a lot of great trading education for stocks in general. So I uh, thought maybe if I go to college and get a finance degree, I'd learn about trading. And sure enough, you, you don't learn a lot about trading in college. You learn about business stuff and discounted cash flow models and fun accounting stuff, but you don't learn a lot about trading. So Stuff that puts you to sleep. <laughs> it does. So I was, uh, so I went back and got a master's degree in economics. I was kind of planning to do a, a PhD in finance. I thought that would be the ultimate thing, and I was going to teach it. But um, I stopped at the master's degree. I thought that was enough. I had enough of it. So then I went out on my own. So I spent about 10 years just on my own learning from other people I knew that were trading. They had larger accounts, and they would they'd teach me. And then I was studying what I could along the way and trying to make sense of this trading thing. And it took about a decade to really find stuff that worked for me and be able to make friends with the market finally. 
so it took you a while to, to make friends with the market, which means that you do things the market's way instead of your way, I guess. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I think you spend your first years in the market, sometimes your whole life, you spend it fighting against the market. When if you just go with the market, uh, do the things it gives you and and just be happy with that, then it, you can make peace with it. And it could be a fun thing after that. Yeah. I had to learn that lesson in my marriage first and then in the markets. <laughs> that's, that's a great thing too. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some of the biggest uh challenges you had in, in learning to really get the hang of trading successfully? You know, oh, one of the biggest ones I think is respecting stop losses and accepting them. Like that's going to be a big part of trading. I think as newer traders, uh, we want to see that we're going to be very successful. We're going to have super high win rates and we're going to make lots and lots of money all the time. Uh, especially when we look at social media nowadays, all we do is see people who tout big gains on trades and you never see any losses. It seems like everybody wins, wins, wins all the time. And then you are not winning. And so it becomes very discouraging and you're wondering what you're doing wrong. But then you realize like you like losses are a big part of trading. And if you, if you plan out those losses early, sounds bad, but if you plan the losses early, plan how you're going to take a loss, plan what your, your stop is going to be. It's, it's very freeing as a trader. You're going to, then have a, a level of comfort that you know you're not going to get in over your head on bad trades. And then you can worry about how to take profits. And that's a, a much easier problem to deal with. But being able to just deal with those losses at first is something that everybody needs to deal with. And it's kind of hard at first, but uh, that really will fix a lot of problems with most traders, I think. How did you get good at that? I just started to realize like what was my risk I ever wanted to have in a trade. So I think I was really bad at understanding my risk getting into a trade. I didn't have any thought of that. I just, I would make the trade. I'd push a bunch of money in and hope it worked out. And then I realized, well, you know what? I'm, I really should look at my trading as um, my individual trades. I don't want to have a certain amount that I'm willing to lose. So nowadays for me, it's like, I don't want to have more than 5% of my account in any one trade anytime. So that's kind of a rule I've got now. Normally it's one or 2%, but no more than five. And then I've got stop loss rules on on that. So I don't want to see if it's an option trade, like I probably don't want to lose more than 50% on that trade because I'm probably looking to make 100%. So uh, if, I'm, if I'm getting those kind of odds, I want to make sure I've got like two to one to my stop loss to what I want to make on the profit side. So whether I'm, if I'm looking to make 100% a trade, then I only want to lose 50% if I'm wrong. I'll take that shot. If it's I'm looking to make 20%, then I only want to lose 10. So for me, it becomes that two to one is really crucial. And then not being over uh, exposed on any one trade. So, you know, it used to be I would just get so big on trades and it causes a lot of stress because you have these great, great days. You can get weeks or months where things go great and the portfolio grows a lot. And then, you know, within a week, you could give all of it back or more sometimes. So it becomes these huge swings. And to counter those swings, I learned I had to trade smaller and just become more consistent with trading and not not try to be a cowboy all the time. Yeah, I think that's uh, something that I hear when I talk to a lot of guests here. It's kind of a common theme. It's uh, learn to manage risk. Learn to manage risk because it's it's. we say the same thing on this show over and over and over again, but I think people need to hear it over and over and over again. We do. I still need to hear it. I've been trading over 20 years. I still need to remind myself sometimes. <laughs> I just get uh, uh, I get too excited on trades. I'm so confident in them and I want to get too big. And I got 
I got to bring it back in. I got to remember the rules and stick to the game plan. And that has saved me so much over the years, especially this year. This has been a really tough year to trade. So if you didn't have good game plan rules, if you didn't have stop losses, you were going to respect. I mean, this has been a really painful year then. So um, this was a really good year to have a game plan in place and follow it. So I'm glad about that. Yeah, it has been difficult this year because it's been uh, just bearish most of the time. And so I would say that um, for me, I, I did way better last year than I did this year. It's been a much more challenging environment. So what do you find is working in a market like this? What's working for you right now? Uh, pretty much in general, what I like to do the most is selling options. So I'm always selling premium when I can. Uh, that seems to be something that works pretty well, no matter the market's going up or down. So um, I don't feel like I have to be right on the market direction all the time for the trades to you know break even or be slightly profitable even. Uh, even if I'm wrong in the direction with some selling trades, I've got a little buffer already built into the trade. And then short-term trades like day trades or, or trades that are happening over a couple of days with some of these uh, sharp market reversals, either up or down, those are being pretty good because the market's having so many big swings quickly right now that um, if we can kind of tag along some of those, it's it's been really good too. But swing trading in general has been tough. If I'm holding trades for a few days or weeks. It's really, really tough. I mean, I'm getting stopped out a lot and then seeing the trade reverse and go exactly where I thought it would go, but it shakes me out first. So it's been frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, and so if that happens, do you do you get back into the trade if it shakes you out and then the signal reappears? Yeah, I, so a lot of what I'm doing now is like shortening the time frame I, I plan to be in a trade. So in a normal market, like I said, I might swing trade for uh, you know a couple of weeks on a trade and try to ride a trend. But there's this, this market seems to be trendless. It really uh, will not hold a trend for up or down. It seems for very long. Go back and look at charts. It looks like it would be trending down, down, down. But you know, if you look at intraday stuff and day by day, it's very volatile. You'll have three days down and you'll think it's going to go lower and then it spikes right back up and it shakes you out. Or it gets a few up days and then it shakes you out. So um, yeah, having shorter time horizons is good. And then just selling premiums that are farther out of the money. So well, this market has become a lot more volatile. And so that's made options a lot more expensive. And if you're an option seller, it's actually a really good thing. So taking advantage of that um, higher volatility through selling options has been really good this year. Uh, on the selling option side, though, do you have to go a little bit further away uh, in, because of the volatility? I just prefer to. I mean, that, your win rates are going to go up if the farther out of the money you go from the current price. Now, it's also going to lead to higher you're going to win more, but when you lose, you could lose more. That's the downside. So it's kind of a risk reward. Um, I've kind of got a sweet spot of my ideal risk reward of how I sell options. So um, that's a little bit out of the money, but not too far. So I can still collect enough premium to make me happy if I'm right. And if I'm wrong, uh, I've got a limited loss on there. So I like that about selling options. And that's really key in this market. I think having fixed amounts you can win or lose makes a lot of sense right now. Yeah, I actually took a break from selling uh, premiums because I did a – I've never been like really big on it, but I was going to give it a shot because I talked to a lot of guests and everybody tells me how great it is. So I did it for about two months, and I was really consistent, 
and uh, was seeing some nice equity. And then I had one trade and I ended up giving up like two months of gains back in one trade. And I said, this is just too much. For me. I'm telling I you, it gets tough. <laughs> so I just, I just stopped. So I, I might get back into it, but I need a better way of protecting my gains. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset. And you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Yeah, I mean, a, a big part of that is um, really, I think, staying consistent with trade sizes is, is good. Uh, one thing I've done a lot over the years is jump up and down in, in trade size. When I'm really confident, I just go over, I get too heavy. And then when you're wrong on those trades, like you said, it can knock out a month or two months of, of profits in a couple of bad trades. So but if I'm consistent, you know, if I just have the same amount bet over and over, I'm going to win more often than not. And so the ones I do lose, they're going to be offset by ones I did win on. So that's that's kind of the rule there. So if I stick to that, I do much, much better. More boring, but uh, that's trading really shouldn't be exciting. I think we look at it too much as a casino. It should, should be consistent. Should be happy with just being consistent. Yeah, yeah. If you want the excitement, go to a casino. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> we just look at it like you can trade every day. It's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. It is a casino right here at your desk. And it shouldn't be like that. I mean, we really need to think about it more as like uh, your job or, or treating it as a profession, not I mean, just a hobby. When you or, go to work, most people aren't like super excited looking for excitement. It's more of like, oh boy, I got to go to work today. Yep. I'm here to work because I need a paycheck. So that's it. Yeah. You should be in the market because you're you're here to make the money that's going to give you. So don't, don't become a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. I think most of the, not most, but I think many, many, many people look at trading as kind of a gambling thing and they don't realize it because they might have a financial need and they need it quick. So they're like, okay, I'm going to get into the market, try to solve my financial problem. And uh, solving financial problems doesn't work that way. Anytime you have a problem in life in general, you have to slow down, take your time, solve that problem. And trading's the same way. You got to figure it out, solve it. And just pulling a few levers or taking a few trades isn't going to solve your financial problem. Instead, it's going to make that financial problem worse. That's a good point. I agree there. Yep. Uh, so uh, with swing trading, you're in, in, you, I'm just kind of jumping around like a crazy person right now. I'm back to swing <laughs> trading because I wanted to ask you that question earlier. Uh, with swing trading, what is your primary uh, strategy? How do you determine when to get into the trade? How, how do you find setups with swing trading? Yeah, well, I like to trade to the long side. I mean, on bullish side. So I want to be 
bullish most of the time. That you know, so this year makes it extra tough in that sense. Uh, and then a lot of my criteria for swing trade just aren't hitting this year. So I either have to go with setups that I would not find ideal, which as a trader, I think that's another thing. Like you should be patient and wait for your best setups to come to you. And if if I'm looking for the best setups to go long stocks this year, I'm not getting a lot of those signals. It's it's not good because I'm looking for stocks trading above their 200 daily moving average. Um, I'm looking for, um, you know, I, I use Keltner channels a lot, so they've got to have the right flow in the Keltner channels. Uh, I, I, I like to use Hakenashi charts. They've got to have the right setup there for reversals. Um, it's got to be trading above the five-day moving average. So I've got different criteria. And the market overall has got to be in a bullish sector too. So I don't want to be trying to go long a stock while the market is looking weak or declining. So for everything to check right now, is tough. It's not often. Yeah. Uh, actually, right this minute is looking pretty good. We started Yesterday was actually the first time I started seeing things uh, come back after that you know, two- or three-week downtrend we've just seen. So I think we are going to find some footing. Today's looking good. I think we're going to get some follow through. It's probably choppy, but I think we probably saw the lows, the short term at least, uh, on Wednesday this last week. So I think we're probably going to trend up from here for a while. That's my guess. Yeah, uh, I'm in agreement with that. As a, as a matter of fact, you know, um, I was working with my uh, my son, who's a young kid, and he took his first trade yesterday. That's good. How old is he? He's 16. That's and great. So uh, he went long on Tesla. We got in at market open yesterday at 281. And so, so now so he's a genius. He's 100% and, so he's far. trading at 297. So he's <laughs> already ready to retire. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got this down. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I didn't tell him to go ahead and buy now, but still. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I've got three kids too. My, uh, my middle son's kind of, he's pretty interested in trading. He's a uh, senior in high school this year, he's 17. Yeah, right around the same age. So, yep. yeah, it's kind of fun. I love it. I love having my boys grow up. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I got a – my daughter is uh, 12, so she's in seventh grade right now. I do not like seeing her grow up, but I really like seeing my boys grow up. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's that's good. We're going to try to ride that trade out. Hopefully, you know, we're taking it as a swing trade. Hopefully this momentum will continue and it will keep going up. Uh, right now, it's looking pretty good. Uh, I did see, just in researching some of your uh, education that you put out, that you're bullish on gold. And uh, I wanted to ask you about that because I was looking at gold and it seems like it's hasn't really been a great performer. And so I was just kind of wanting to understand what your take was and why you are bullish right now. You know, I, I own gold for the long term. I, I own physical gold. So I've got gold. I will always own gold, hopefully. I'm a big believer in having some as an asset class. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't say like in the immediate term, I'm very bullish, though. I think that it's it's really, it's pro- I mean, it actually probably is a really good time to be buying gold right now because it's a big function of a dollar. I feel like the dollar is very extended against euro and other currencies. So if that's the case and the dollar will pull back at some point, other, other currencies will strengthen, and then gold will also rally. Right now, gold can't go anywhere because the dollar is so strong. Uh, basically, other countries can't afford to buy gold. So when that changes, then we'll see gold get a bid again. Uh, so if you're looking at a, long, a little longer term, like six months to a year, I, I am bullish. But 
I don't think the dollar is going to reverse anytime soon right now. There's still a lot that has to wash out in Europe. Uh, that, that That's a bigger mess than I think most people realize. I think a lot of the bigger banks and traders realize it, but um, Europe is going to weigh for a long time on the markets and probably keep the dollar pretty elevated, which is going to keep gold down. So that's my thought there. So if you're looking for a longer term trade, I sure like it, especially down here. But uh, I don't know if it's going to change course in the next few weeks. So you're a, a, a buy and hold gold guy. Um, but as far as a trade, if you what types of things would you be looking for to maybe like, OK, I think this reversal is serious. I think we could go bullish. What are you like? What signals are you looking for? Uh, the same things I'd look at with stock trading. So I kind of try to be agnostic on the fundamentals of everything out there, but just on the trading. So like at this moment, I kind of do like gold. It's made a nice double bottom here in the next, in the last, uh, you know, two and a half months. So we're now retesting it. We're starting to bounce off of it. Things like trading back above the five day moving average. We're starting to see, um, we had a nice downtrend. We're starting to hold a base right at the lows we saw back in, um, July, so we're starting to uh, find that, that same level. It's holding up there again. So that's now a double bottom. So I give things a benefit of the doubt, a double bottom. A uh, triple bottom, I never do. If, if we retest the lows again with gold, like I would say, forget it. We're going much lower. But right now, kind of you got a double bottom. You got things trending up a little bit. I would I would get, you know, I would give gold the benefit of the doubt right now. And when I do that, I would use it through options or I like to trade the uh, leveraged ETF, the, the minor ETF, uh, Nugget, N-U-G-T. I like okay. to trade that short term for uh, when I want to bet gold. So you would say futures options or what for that ETF? Uh, what, so I either, if I'm getting really spicy, I will trade options on the leveraged ETF even. So if I'm pretty okay. bullish there, I'll just buy options on Nugget. <laughs> uh, or I'll just do uh, GLD options. I don't, I don't trade futures at all. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's good to know. So how do you, you, you know, you've been buying gold, you're holding, you think it's good to go hold gold. What do you feel about um, holding Bitcoin as well? Is that something that you would consider? I do not hold any Bitcoin, but I'm a big believer that crypto is here to stay and will become a very important part of all of our lives in the next five years or so. I just don't know yet where to go. So the, the best way to go probably would just be to start, um, I'm not even following my own rules here, but the best thing to do would start to be uh, just leveraging um, kind of dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin, Ethereum, some of the bigger blue chip, if you want to call them crypto names, and just start uh, scaling in at high prices, low prices, just kind of get a good average price over the next few years. Yeah. I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm kind of waiting for when I think the signals there. I just, I, I just personally think, we're not done with this last sell-off. So that is keeping me on the sidelines right now from buying. I think you're going to see funds like um, like MicroStrategy. You'll see them liquidated and you'll see a lot of, we've already seen a lot of pain in the, in the crypto sector, but I think you're going to see a lot more suffering in the crypto sector before it all washes out. So I think you're going to see all the crypto fanboys throwing their hat in the, like, I'm done. I don't want to trade anymore. This is awful. I'm going to go back and get a job. <laughs> We've seen a lot of that, but I think you're going to see a lot more before we're an ultimate bottom. So probably Bitcoin at 10,000 or I don't, I'm, I'm bad about making those kind of calls because you just don't ever know. I just think you'll see more things like we just saw with over leveraged companies uh, getting flushed like we did a few months ago. 
Uh, and then I think MicroStrategy is probably the big one that we'll see. If you know, that goes out, that's going to be big. That'll be huge, man. That'll be big. So yeah, yeah, I think it'll be big. But that'll be that that'll be the blood in the streets kind of events that will be a great time to start looking at buying it. Yeah, yeah, and I I I don't obviously don't know much, but I do know that I have this feeling that the market's going to take another move down lower as well. Uh, so we'll see. I think the general market's going to go lower too. Yeah. I, I think crypto is definitely going to go lower. And I yeah. do think the general overall market stock market goes lower from here too. We're going to get these little bounces like we're seeing now, but uh, I, I think like Europe is still not as bad that people know about as I think it really is. So I think we're going to see that happen this winter and that's going to weigh on U S stocks a lot. Like we get about 25% of our earnings in America come from Europe. So as Europe, falls apart. Right. Our earnings are going to go even lower. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our, the, the price earnings multiples of the S and P right now, they're, they're low, but they're not like the bottom of when things usually reverse. And I don't think the PE ratios are going to hold up like analysts expect. Like they, they've got rosy outlooks of, you know, 2023 earnings are going to look pretty good at, you know, an 8% growth rate or something like normal. I'm like, well, I don't think so. I think you're probably going to see an earnings recession, uh, real soon. So I yeah, cannot I think believe the, the earnings are going to grow in this environment. With these earnings, with these energy prices, like in Europe, that's going to yeah, That just makes sense. Like, how is it possible to have earnings growth with inflation like this and the energy crisis and supply chain issues? And there's just, I can't see growth. I think yeah. we're in for an earnings recession, which will yeah. lower the PE multiple, which, you know, the, the market probably reverses when you get to like a 15 or 16 earnings multiple in the S&P. And I just, I mean, we're close to it, actually, if you had real earnings right now, but I think our earnings are, are headed lower. So yeah. Plus when you throw good. in, um, you know, this rising interest rate, that kind of, you know, that dries up the the funding and that can send things south real fast. Yeah, it sure does. I, I don't think we've really seen the effects of that. I think it's too early. So I think you'll see that real soon. Like the housing market probably will, you know, really start to dry up here in the the fall and, and winter as uh, you know interest rates continue to push against six percent for mortgages and people just can't afford to borrow money to buy homes anymore. So you'll see house prices come down as a reflection of that, and that has a, a domino effect in the economy too. When people start lowering prices of their housing, it's their biggest wealth. Uh, so when they start seeing their wealth decline, even on paper, people really pull back on spending and. You know, that, that one thing leads another. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. So uh, it could be interesting. So if you're listening and you're trading, you know, tr- it, can, it can be a great time to trade. Uh, you just got to be very aware of what's going on in the market. And you say you primarily do, um, do buy trades. Do you do any shorting at all? Yeah, I will bet against the market with options usually when I think things are rolling over. So uh, I'm kind of waiting right now for the next opportunity to do that. Uh, I don't think I'm, it's not there yet for me. Oh, I need to see this little bounce we're getting right now go a little farther. But I, I mean, I think we're probably a week or two away from taking another short shot on the market here. Cause like I just said, I don't think we've seen the lows yet. I think we still have quite a bit lower to go in the market, whether it's going to happen in a couple months or next year. I don't know, but I think the trend is still going to be lower from here. Well, Jeff, thanks a lot for being on the show today. Uh, You've shared some good things. I really appreciate it. 
Um, can you share with um, the listeners, can you share with the listeners about how they can get in touch with you and if you have any um, uh, resources that you could share with them? Yeah, if you want to learn more about what we're doing, I think you'd start at ragingbull.com. We've got a lot of free information and articles and content there you can take a look at. Um, my most popular option trading service is called Bullseye Trades, and you can visit that at bullseyeoptiontrading.com. If you just enter your name and email, you can get uh, free access to that and see what it's all about, see if it's something you want to be a part of. But that's a great place for people to start, too. It doesn't cost you anything to get started, and you can uh, see my next trade idea coming up this week. So it's a great place to start. So with that, I, I was just looking at that page. It says you get a trade idea of the week. Um, is that like a weekly type chart? Is that like long-term? Yeah, Bullseye is my weekly option trading service. So once um, on Monday morning before the market opens every week, I've got a, my favorite stock idea along with the option I want to buy on it. I'm always buying options in that service. It's not selling. So I'm looking to buy an option every week and explaining where my – full game plan looks like. So where my stop loss will be, where I look for profit targets, why I'm in that trade to begin with. So there's a lot of things go into it, like how to find new ideas every week. So I narrow it down to my favorite idea and we share that and talk about that during the week and actually trade the idea. So I'm always making that trade idea with the intent of trading it. Now making these ideas before the market opens on Monday. So I don't ever know what's going to happen with option prices once the market opens or what happens, but that's my plan. And normally I end up trading the option and then walk people through how I'm, I'm managing it when I get out for a profit or a loss. So you do the analysis and then you're waiting for a, a specific trigger to enter the trade. It's not like, okay, I'm trading it Monday out the open. Yeah. I've always got a price. I want to buy it. And sometimes that happens Monday close to the open, or sometimes it happens the next day. Sometimes the options just run and I don't end up getting filled. So I'll say, I want to buy this option at $2. And then it opens at $3 and it never comes back. So uh, that's part of that patience. So a lot of trading, I think, is being patient. Wait for the right trade to come to you and not chasing prices that you don't feel comfortable with. So if I don't get in a trade, I'm okay with it. I've seen right. a lot of trades run away without me. I wish I got in, but I've had lots that I jumped in and they went against me. So I'm happy to avoid those. I just would rather sit and wait for a trade to come to me instead. Right. Well, that's why if you say you're going to get in at three, you put an order and it doesn't get filled. You're like, ah, I didn't get filled. I'll just buy this at four. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that always, that's just a bad way to trade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, last know. one was a great one. I had, I, you know, the, I had the price I wanted to buy it and the market dipped right at the open, I had a big dip on Monday and I got filled at a much lower price than I wanted. And then the thing just turned around and ran for the next few days after that. So ended up being like a 200% winning option trade in like three days. So it was fantastic. The, op, the market gave me a little gift in the morning. But that's also one of those things like you got to stick by your guns. And if it if you get the price you want, you got to take action on it. Sometimes we get in these situations where I want to buy it at one price and then it drops and drops and we either start rethinking our life and our trade and like, oh, no, I don't want to get it now. Or we get too greedy and say, well, it's going to keep going lower. So you got to get in the trenches, buy the trade, and you know believe that you had a good setup and stick with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds pretty pretty good uh, education and information uh, 
for a free service every week. So if you're listening and you're interested in checking out an option setup, which I highly recommend that you try it out, it's at bullseyeoptiontrading.com. We'll put the link in the description. Uh, so recommend that you guys check that out. And uh, Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show. Really got some great insight. And I appreciate it. Nice talking to you today. You too. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it, Casey. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the How to Trade It podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.